0: Welcome back to The Goal Line. We are putting the finishing touches on week three in the NFL. It's Monday night. We're watching a couple minutes into the third quarter of the Rams and Bengals, and we are ready to talk
1: about another awesome week of football. Jordan, what's going on, man? I mean, I'm not going to go all out and say it was awesome. I mean, uh, there was some, some uh, unfortunate setbacks yesterday. But, yeah, it's still another week of football. So, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get into it. I love any week where there's no bye weeks, man. I love the
0: uh you know, just having the full slate of games, dude. All the all the options, especially in that like opening window
1: on Red Zone, it's the best. We got a good weekend coming up this weekend too, because we got a eight AM game this weekend. Nice.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of um, a concept that was floating around the internet a couple years ago when they were first talking about expanding the season to 17 games. Basically, get rid of the bye week. let keep the regular season to just 17 weeks. Expand the rosters to 60 people a roster, but make it each player can only play 16 games. So 16 games is still the cap for each individual player. And uh, and yeah, so you, you know you, that, that had like a whole other layer of strategy, right? Like what week are you going to set Patrick Mahomes? What week are you going to set... Uh, you know, Derrick Henry, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, would have been interesting, but sadly, that's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> By weeks just, everybody hates bye weeks man. They mess up fantasy football. You have less good games to watch on TV. It sucks. Uh, Jordan, remind the listeners where they can
1: find you on or find us on social media. So on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, it's goal underscore line underscore pod. And then on uh, the old Instagram, it is the goal line football show, all one word. Oh
0: man, Bengals just about had a red zone interception and a uh, guy just couldn't quite hang on to it. That would have been a crazy play. Yeah, that was a good one. All right. Uh, you ready to talk some
1: football? I am. All right. There is uh, no place to stop but start but the top. I mean... 70 points from the Dolphins yesterday I mean where else are we supposed to start than that like (laughs) I didn't even think this was possible in our lifetime I mean it had what did they say 1962 the last time somebody scored 70 so yeah I never thought this was possible in our lifetime
0: there was a playoff game in the uh in the 2000s after the after the nineteen ninety nine season where the Jaguars did it to the uh, the Dolphins, man. But as far as regular season goes, yeah, you got to go back to like, you know, the well, well before the modern era of football to find a score like that. I think if you listen really, really closely right now, you can actually hear uh, Raheem Mostert scoring another touchdown.
1: Or uh, a chain or a on, whatever the hell his name is. Like, dude, they had two running backs with four touchdowns in the same game. That alone right there should tell you how nuts this game was. I mean, Eight touchdowns from your two running backs is unheard of. Um, that backup running back, he had himself a, a freaking hell of a season for a
0: backup running back yesterday, man. Yeah. <laughs> like that stat line, that stat line holds up for a backup running back for all season long. I mean, they just, dude. Yeah. I mean, the Dolphins are high power. What do you think? Did it say more about the Dolphins or more about the Broncos? You think, or combination?
1: I definitely think the the Broncos. Aren't as talented as we thought the last two years. I think their talent levels are way less than what we had assumed. But dude, when the when the Dolphins keep Tua upright, they are dangerous. And I mean, McDaniel's is just dude. He's a great coach. He calls. He's not afraid to be innovative on offense, which we'll get into that a little bit later. About a lot of the coaches that are afraid to be innovative on offense, and man, dude, when it clicks, it's just. I mean, I'm serious. I've never seen anything like that. Like, dude, they had to call the dogs off. They could have probably scored 90 in that game if they really wanted to.
0: Yeah, it was like a high school game where it's just, you know, sometimes there's just complete mismatches. You'll see you really see something like that at the NFL level. Um, Yeah, man. You know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday and we were discussing it. The, the The Broncos, you know, the hype was when they were trading for Russell Wilson that, you know, this is like a... A Super Bowl contender in a box just just add quarterback and watch it happen um, the scary thing is you know last year Russell Wilson was definitely off this year so far he's been decent man like he's not he's not prime uh, you know let Russ cook Russell Wilson from the Seattle days but he's still been perfectly acceptable like you could win with the way he's playing you know the offense is playing all right the the defense is just turned into an absolute dumpster fire this season yeah
1: yeah they said this morning that he didn't throw a six-touchdown pass till week seven last year, and he threw a six-touchdown pass yesterday. So definitely improvement with Russ. Um, but, I mean, dude, just overall, good Lord. I, I want to read off two quotes that I heard today that were kind of were fitting to me. Um, Sean Payton, for the next five years, will make between 17 and $20 million per year. The Broncos will pay Russell Wilson $296 million through 2028. Sean Payton was famously quoted as saying, don't be surprised when Teddy Bridgewater replaces Tua. Yeah. Wow. And and let's not forget that Sean Payton, the Vicodin freak said that uh, (laughs) the last coaching staff for the Broncos was an abomination. Um, I don't really know. They weren't this bad. I mean, no, they weren't, man. And then this the today or tonight, I just saw a quote from Sean Payton that said, I forgot how bad the game was. And then he says he's not going to fire anyone and then comes back with the film was a tough watch. Oh, really? It was a tough watch to watch your team get beat 70 to 20. You needed film to tell you that. Like, dude, <laughs> you lost by fifty points in an NFL game and allowed seventy points. Like, what, what, what else would it be? Uh, easy watch? Like, Jesus, dude, I hate Sean Payton, so I love watching this. And oh yeah, you love to see it, man. You love to see it against a guy like Sean Payton. Couldn't happen to a better guy. He is just literally the worst. And man, dude, the, the we get the the turd bowl this weekend with the Broncos and uh, Bears, and boy, oh boy, that is going to be an interesting game. So. Somebody's gonna have to win that game. That's the crazy oh, thing. No, that's, I mean, that's I suppose they tied. could always.
0: <laughs> what if we get like a thirteen to thirteen tie? I prefer a three to three or a zero to zero tie. I think that <laughs> make it so much better. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. That, that I saw somebody tweet today. They said this is quite possibly the worst game the NFL
1: has ever rolled out in the history of the league. It's pretty bad. Um, just kind of piggybacking on this game. to me and you talked about it yesterday. He has to be the front runner for MVP right now. I mean. Just absolutely unreal quarterback play from him so far this year.
0: Yeah, I've been a big fan of Tua ever since he kind of came out, came on our radar um, back when we were living in Hawaii. When he was a standout in high school, it was a really big deal when he committed to to Alabama, and then obviously you know came in as a freshman and at halftime of the national championship game replacing Jalen Hurts of all people. Uh, you know what a what a quarterback room and and leading them to that win against Georgia. So huge fan of Tua. You know, you got to say it, man. The big thing with him, you just pray he can stay healthy because it really feels like the sky's the limit for this Dolphins team.
1: Yeah. And uh, another thing on that Alabama quarterback room also had Mac Jones in it. So
0: yeah, who's totally decent uh, starting QB in the NFL. Yeah. I think the big thing for the Dolphins, man, obviously they look explosive. I think the, uh, you know, the aggressiveness of their head coach, I think that trickles down to the way the whole team plays, right? Like they they're playing aggressive because they they know they believe that their coach is going to take some big swings and they can you know if they if they make a bad player if they you know they miss one here or there they know that their coach is going to put them in position to, to to make up for it man and i think they really they're really cooking right now another concern aside from Tua's health it's definitely not january football that they're playing man like i don't know how well this is going to translate if they gotta if they gotta go up to buffalo or go out to kansas city in the middle of january but if they're playing like they are now they'll have home field advantage throughout the playoffs and uh they can stay in South Florida the whole time.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's a huge home field advantage when it's still 95 degrees in January and everybody else has been playing in cold weather. Like you see how much these teams struggle in the heat when it's hot everywhere. Like just telling you, man, they get home field advantage. It's 95 degrees down there. That's going to be a struggle for a lot of teams to play through. So it's definitely an interesting thing. I a hundred percent agree with you about Tua stand healthy. I mean, this is what we talked about in the preview episode for this is if uh, they can keep that guy's coconut intact, it's (laughs) going to be they have a chance for a special season. I mean, dude, last year through like four or five games, they looked like they were going to be a very, very tough team to beat. And then all it takes is the Bills that uh, I think that was week three and then all the game and Tua got hurt. Well, he got hurt in the um, Cincinnati game on Thursday night. 'cause they slammed his own. Well, no, in the remember turf. he got
0: remember he got knocked out against the Bills and then before halftime. Remember he was on weak need and then he came yeah, back man. in the second half and finished that game. And then yeah, it was that Thursday night against the Bengals when he got, you know, who's was throwing up gang
1: signs. Dude, I just it, it's I mean it is magical to watch their offense click. McDaniels is an absolute genius offensively. Like it is a it is a sight to behold when it's clicking and dude I still I, I get why they did it, and yeah, they already won a Super Bowl sense, but dude, trading away Tyree Kill has got to be an all-time bonehead move. I, I know they've won a Super Bowl sense, but good lord, dude. He's a special player. That dude is just unreal. And yeah, when, when he got open on that first one for 54 yards, again how does the dude just get wide open where there's nobody within 25 yards of him? Like, what are you doing as a defense? They didn't have Waddle yesterday. That was when I knew Denver was in for a long day. Like, they have one guy that's going to constantly beat you, and you let him get wide open on the, like, what is that? Seventh play of the game? Like, probably not. Yeah. And then that uh, poor safety from the Broncos thought he had an angle on Tyreek Hill, and he just turned on the Jets <laughs> and ran right. ran right through it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's makes it even more impressive, man. They put up that 70-burger with uh, without their
1: second-best offensive player. Yeah, it, Again, they're they're dangerous. Definitely a team to watch, but um, anything can happen in the NFL. Like it only takes one bad week, and you're you've everybody forgets what you've done in the first three weeks. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, when when they play the Bills because they damn
0: near beat the Bills with their backup quarterback in the playoffs.
1: One thing about the Bills, man, after that Week One debacle, they certainly have turned it They've on and rolling. And it it yeah. seems like they must have told the. Uh, Josh Allen, I don't know how they didn't tell him this before, but hey, dude, stop throwing YOLO balls. Our offense is good enough <laughs> without you doing that. I
0: still stand by the bills, man. Yeah. I think when the chips are down, I guess a net cut in time. I think the, the the failures and the heartbreak they've had the last couple of seasons is going to fuel them. I think they're going to be mentally tough,
1: and I still see them holding up, holding up the trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, they're going to be tough to beat. If, Like I said, if he can stop turning the ball over, they're tough to beat. So, Yep, so yeah, that's uh, – probably about enough dolphins talk that was um, a solid about 10 minutes of dolphins talk so if anybody ever says we don't talk about the dolphins they, <laughs> they revert back to week four of the goal line <laughs> what are you uh what are you drinking tonight man so i'm i'm in full halloween mode i am drinking a pumpkin ale from wild onion brewery so uh yeah it was a lot of drinking this weekend but yeah might as well just keep it rolling into monday I've never been a huge
0: fan of the pumpkin beers. I've gotten into them a little bit the last couple of years. I don't like, like the the sweeter ones. I kinda like, like the the sweet and spicy pumpkin ales. Like throw a little nutmeg, little cinnamon in there, dude. Like I, I go for something more like that than a regular old uh some of those pumpkin ales are just like feel like I'm drinking like straight sugar wine. This
1: one's not sweet. That's why I like this one. I found this one last year and I like this one a lot. Cause usually I'm on I'm on the exact same page as you. There's always like a vanilla pumpkin or something, and I ain't down for that. But yeah, this one's good. I'm drinking
0: a Koenig Pilsner, man. A little, uh, little Germany action. The nice. import. You get into the import
1: beers, yeah. Yeah, I'll get into them. Um, not during Christmas, though, man. Those German beer, those German Christmas beers are uh, really something. It's a meal. Yeah, you ain't drinking more than one or two of those.
0: I'm not huge into the imports, man. I like Guinness a lot, which I'm not. I think Guinness is actually brewed in the states, man. Um, the the ones we get here. But then, yeah, I, I like a Koenig Pilsner every once in a while, they they're usually pretty cheap too. I, sometimes they'll have the the six pack, the 16 ounce pint cans for like five bucks for a six pack at the, the beer store I go to. Yeah, they're good. All right. What else we got?
1: All right. I figure this is a good time to talk about the first year head coaches. Um, there's three of them. You got uh D'Amico Ryan in Houston. Who's doing a great job. You've got uh, Gannon in um, Arizona. And then you got Steichen in Indianapolis, man. The two Eagles coordinators, dude. Uh, I mean, w- what more can you say? Like, the Steichen is getting everything he can out of that Colts team. And I mean, dude, Arizona upset Dallas yesterday, and Dallas looked unstoppable coming into that game. So I'm pretty impressed with the first year head coaches through three weeks. Usually they don't have this much success this early. I mean, Houston destroyed Jacksonville yesterday. I didn't see that coming either.
0: Yeah, all three are doing a great job, man. Cardinals played tough the first two weeks and then pulled off the um the biggest upset of the season so far yesterday. Nobody saw them beating Dallas. So yeah, really, really impressed what they've done. And then, yeah, Colts and Texans, you both seem to be on the right track. Colts getting it done without their, uh, you know, their new star rookie quarterback. And Texans, man, C.J. Stroud's looking like he might break the Ohio State quarterback curse. He's looking like the real deal through a few weeks. And you just know D'Amico Ryan's, all the success he had out there with that 49ers defense. You know he's going to get that defense cranked up, too, as the, as the season goes on. A
1: lot of people ripped them during the draft for making the big move up to get Will Anderson, which – I mean, dude, in a way, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, you're you're giving up a top 10 pick next year thinking Houston's not going to be any good this year. The more I, like, watch it and see it unfold, the more I'm like, even if it is a top 10 pick, you went out and you got the guy you wanted, right? I mean, a lot of coaches wait too long and don't go out and get the person they want, especially, like, first-year head coaches. They don't want to be aggressive with it. I mean, I'll, dude, I'll give Houston credit. They, they went out and they got the guys that D'Amico Ryan said he wanted on his team, and it's paying dividends already. I mean, they got a ton of injuries and the they're a scrappy team. Like like I said, nobody saw them beating Jacksonville yesterday. Like I mean, dude ja- Dude, that's uh
0: that's a weak division, man. Like especially if Jackson you know, Jacksonville is not looking like they are who we thought they were, dude. Like I'd say that division's still up for grabs for anybody, man. And one of those four teams has got to come crawling out of there, you know, the Jags, Colts, Texans, Titans. Um, I wouldn't count any of them out for from winning the division just yet.
1: Yeah, it's a it's going to be a, a, definitely a race down the stretch for the AFC South the way Jacksonville's playing because, yeah. like you said, this is not at all what we expected out of them. And um, yeah, it's impressive to watch first year head coaches come in and kind of command the team like these ones because usually, like first year head coaches, they kind of stumble. Usually, a lot of them have one or two wins through first eight to ten games, like, this is impressive, man. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with these three coaches, honestly.
0: Meanwhile, the two retreads we have debuting with new teams this year, Sean Payton and uh, Frank Reich have been absolutely dreadful. They have uh, combined zero wins.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, I, I felt like we should give the first-year head coach some love because, yeah, usually they don't start out like this, and I definitely wanted to mention Houston after that game yesterday because really impressive.
0: Well, let me put you on the spot, man. Out of the three, which team do you think ends the season with the best record?
1: Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Houston. I just, I agree, dude. I agree, dude. I think the the more confidence they gain, the better they're gonna get. I mean, that's a really young football team. Um, and dude, CJ Stroud, like you said, right out of the gate, playing this well, no interceptions through three games, like. I mean, I, I kind of don't think that that's a fluke that the, he started out that well because, dude, rookie quarterbacks do not start out like that. That's just not normal at all, especially on a team. Especially out of Ohio State. Well, not only that, especially on a team as bad as the Texans were last yeah. year. I mean, that's a miserable football team last year. So, yeah, I, I think D'Amico Ryan's is going to be a really good head coach for them, and um, he definitely got that fan base excited. So, yeah, I think they'll end with the best record. of the, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs or anything, but – I mean, dude, I could easily see them win in eight or nine games.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally see them being in the mix once we get down the stretch, man. Fringe, fringe playoff contender. Yep.
1: All right, let's go to... I think we should touch on the Chargers and Vikings game. Mainly what in the hell Brandon Staley was thinking going for it on fourth <laughs> and one from his own 23 dude, his players didn't even look like they had confidence in running that play. And you could tell when they snapped the ball. Cause nobody was really firing off the ball. I, I honestly, I'm just going to say this. I know players don't tank, but he gets fired if they lose that game because of that decision. Like I honestly think <laughs> part of me thinks his players wanted him to get fired because he's not a good coach at all. Dude, that tells me that he has completely lost his way as a
0: head coach. Because if you remember when he took over two years ago, he was, you know, really big on beating that analytics drum, man. Like he had said they were going to be aggressive going forward on fourth down, all that kind of stuff. Like they were going to play the analytics going for two. Oh, big play for the Rams. Um and they did that for about the first half season there in San Diego. And, you know, a couple times I think he was just too close to the flame and got burnt. And he really went away from that. so you know, if you're going to be that guy, you got to be it all the time, man. You can't just pick and choose these random times. Which you're going to be ridiculously aggressive, even if the numbers say it's what you should do. Um, and, and yeah, like I said, I think, you know, yeah, they put off the win yesterday. They easily could have lost that game that had a very fluky, funky finish to it. That was the Vikings game to win there at the end. Um but yeah, I I think the dude is completely lost and he's, he's got a one week reprieve, but I still think that, you know, the bell is tolling for Brandon Staley's time out in San Diego.
1: Dude, I don't even know how the analytics would back up what he did. They had a four point lead with just it was under two minutes left or just over two minutes left. I, Dude, if you had a two point lead, I guess I could kind of under. Well, no, I couldn't. That would have been even worse. But a four point lead makes it just absolutely baffling. Like I. Punt the ball away and let your defense play defense with a full field. They got lucky that Minnesota out Minnesota the Chargers, so it's I don't know, that game was really weird. I mean, it looked like it was gonna be a great game, great finish, and it just I don't know, the end of it just kinda seemed like a dud to me. Yeah, the
0: Vikings get the ball. Freaking, you know they got that first down with thirty seconds left. I don't know.
1: Oh god, I don't know if Kirk
0: was listen, trying to listen in on the headset or something. They came out today and said that it was too loud in the stadium, and they couldn't get the call in. But I mean, dude, I I can't give Kirk Cousins a pass on that. This is his freaking twelfth year in the league. Like, dude, you're smart enough to make to have some autonomy in the offense, dude. Just say, hey, we're gonna clock it. Go up and clock it, reset, take a breath, and you're gonna have three shots at the end zone where you have the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, whether to throw it to him or use him as a decoy, man. Like they should have won that game, but somehow they only get one play off. And Kirk Cousins tries to force it into triple coverage, it gets popped up and, and picked off to seal it, man. Like just horrible, horrible late game management from the Vikings.
1: Dude, when they let 20 seconds tick off the clock between those two plays before Cousins threw that pick. Just that is horrible. You're exactly right. Yeah, man. Cousins definitely does not get off free on that because, yeah, dude, you've been in the league way too long to not know. Just take control. The clock is running, dude. Even if your coach is an absolute idiot, you can spike the ball. What do you think? They're going to fire you for spiking the ball from the two-yard <laughs> line? Like, dude, come on. Figure it out.
0: Yeah. We were watching that game live, and like I said, you know, they got that first down, and I'm like, I'm looking up. I think there was 32 seconds left when they got that first down. And I'm like, all right, plenty of time. And I could see Kurt kind of like motioning and getting people lined up. And I kind of dug it. If you could hurry up and get on the ball, like don't even give the defense a chance to kind of get their bearings and get reset, right? Um, but, you know, that you start to see them. They're not hurrying up and getting to the line. There's just confusion. And then the clock is ticking, ticking, ticking. And I think it was at like 12 seconds by the time they finally got the snap, man. Just wasted opportunity and i i I literally told Sheena, and i said you know i feel bad about when i make little coaching gaffes and stuff here with the flag football team because these guys are getting paid millions of dollars and still
1: screw up that you know high leverage situation that badly yeah it's uh yeah i mean it's really like baffling to see like how badly these situations are handled I mean, dude, like you just said, these people are getting paid millions of dollars. Everybody, from the coach to the quarterback, everybody. Dude, you're telling me not one person on the Vikings said, dude, spike the ball. You're telling me yeah. nobody clock, had clock, clock you're telling me nobody screwing, had man. any awareness. Like, they didn't know the clock was running and it was under 30 seconds. I mean, geez, yeah, nobody gets off on that one because that is absolutely pathetic that that happened. But I don't know, man. Like you said, Staley might have bought himself another week, but he's still not off the hook at all. And I think the next bad loss they have, which could be this week, he's probably gone. Because I don't even know how you defend him at this point. Like, dude, if anybody was ever going to get fired after a win, it should have been that game yesterday. Like, I I don't know, man. I just – it's frustrating watching a guy like Herbert get wasted on a terrible head coach that has no idea what he's doing. And by the way – We're going to own up to this. Justin Herbert looked like an absolute monster yesterday after we called him (laughs) flirting on bus territory after the first two years he had. So I'm going to go ahead and own that one because that was pretty bad.
0: And just for the record, I do want to make it clear. Jordan was the one that said he didn't think that uh, Justin Herbert was elite. So I don't know where this wee business uh, is coming from.
1: Whatever. Like, way to ride the fence. Like, dude, this is typical Phelps bullshit. Just, let's just ride the fence. <laughs> oh, I didn't say he wasn't elite, but I didn't say he wasn't not elite. Like, come on, dude. Whatever. Uh, just,
0: I just I love, you know, when I saw that stat line yesterday, because we went up to celebrate Sheena's birthday, so... I got back kind of the fourth quarter of the early games and was just kind of catching up on all the numbers. And I saw his, I had to, I had to needle Jordan a little bit.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's just do some quick hitters to finish this up. Um, Buffalo and Casey definitely look like they've shaken the week one jitters. Um, Kansas city just absolutely annihilated the bears, which they should have. I was honestly kind of surprised how badly Buffalo beat Washington. Like, I'm not saying Washington's I, been frisky first couple weeks Yeah, man. I wasn't saying like Washington was a great football team or anything but I didn't think that they would get blown out like that. Like the Bills defense just made Howell look like he had no idea how to play quarterback in the NFL. So Yeah,
0: I'm right there with you. Yeah, the Redskins didn't look like world beaters by any means, but they definitely looked like a solid, tough team and they got freaking wrecked.
1: Yeah. Um another we got to mention it, at least the Packers fourth quarter 18 point comeback. Good Lord, that was uh, definitely softened the blow of the Falcons' loss watching the Saints blow a 17-point lead and then miss a game-winning field goal. Definitely helped me a little bit yesterday. (laughs) I'm
0: friends with several... Packers fans and it's crazy the you know pardon the pun but the love for Jordan Love already do like they're already breaking out the anointing oil and saying like you know how would we get so lucky to go from Favre to Rodgers to Love and I'd say pump the brakes a little bit on that.
1: I'll tell you what though they have not been healthy once yet this season so it's going to be interesting when they have a full team I mean Aaron Jones only played week one Watson still hasn't played Bakhtiari didn't play yesterday like they still haven't had a full team and uh, their tight end Musgrave definitely looks like a hit from the draft. So Uh,
0: I agree. And I mean, I definitely I'm, I'm holding some Packer stock. I thought they could make a run at the playoffs this season. And we're going to surprise some folks in, you know, life after Aaron Rodgers. But uh, I don't, I don't know that Jordan love is going to be an all pro quarterback. I think he could be totally fine. Like somebody in, you know, maybe like the Alex Smith type mold, like a really, really good quarterback, but not necessarily like a game changer. Um but, yeah, the, he's definitely won over the Packers fan base already, and that's a big part
1: of the battle. Yep, and then last, we're going to finish with this. I told Seth last week we are going to debut this, this week, the race to the number one pick. I'm only going to list three teams because this is the only three teams that have their number one pick, in Arizona won this week, so they don't get to be listed. Denver, Minnesota, and Chicago is the race to number one right now, and if I had to put money on any of them, I'm going Chicago. Yeah, they seem like a complete
0: mess. I don't know. I know there was no news today on it. I would not be shocked if Matt Everfluss didn't survive the week as head coach. Uh, It just seems a complete mess. Nothing good out of Chicago at all. And I agree. You got to figure at some point between Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, and everybody else up there, Denver's going to scrape together a handful of wins. I just, I I can't believe that they're going to be, you know, a one, two or three win team. But yeah, Chicago, it's... Dude, they might not win a game, man. They might go over. They didn't – as impressive as it was last season when they started just cutting Justin Fields loose and letting him run the ball like crazy, they didn't win a game. It's been 11 months since the Chicago Bears have won a football game at this point.
1: I would like to – we might as well just pile on the Bears a little bit here. The fact that they traded Roquan Smith, who was one of the best inside linebackers in football last year, for a second-round pick – only to sign two inside linebackers that were worse than him for the same amount, if not more money, is so Bears. I I don't even really know how you do that, but that's definitely a Bears move. Also, looking back on it, the Chase Claypool trade has got to be one of the worst trades in NFL. He's horrible, man. They literally gave up basically a first-round pick because there was no 30-second pick in the first round this year, so they gave up the first pick of the second round for Chase Claypool. That dude doesn't even want to play football.
0: He's horrible. I don't know what his deal is. dude. I mean, that dude, it, dude, if he's showing out like that on Sundays, on game days, just imagine what a pain in the ass he is to deal with in the locker room, you know, Monday through Saturday. I just what a waste because the dude is talented. We've seen him make some crazy plays. I think he had a four touchdown game once um, with the Steelers. Dude can play some ball, but just piss poor attitude, man. Like, dude, his, if his mom and dad are around. They need to freaking jerk a knot in his ass.
1: Dude, the other thing, too, is the Bears trading the number one overall pick this year. Now, granted, they weren't going to take a quarterback, even though there were some people that thought they should have, uh, namely Jordan Wells. Um, but, dude, I just – I don't get it. How do you I, – I, I mean, trading down from the first pick down to 10 is such a – a fall off in talent. Like they could have had. a of crapshoot. You don't know what's going to yeah, be there. They could have had Will Anderson. They could have had Jalen Carter. I mean, they could have had any of those guys and they traded away for DJ Moore for a, a team that doesn't even know how to throw the ball. Like I, that trade at the time seemed stupid to me just because everybody was all excited about DJ Moore. And I'm like, well, yeah, but your quarterback still has to progress passing the ball. And he's shown no improvement in the first two seasons. So i don't know man that that team is in disarray that franchise is in disarray they are uh they're gonna have two top 10 picks this season and don't be surprised if they blow both of them because it's not good dude if you're
0: if you're caleb williams i'm not going out do you go either. back to school for your senior year yep or I, just go to or go to img and just train for a year yep. uh, to avoid going to the bears do
1: yeah, the Bears, I would definitely. I mean, I don't know how any quarterback would ever want to play there the way this is going. I just. He's looking
0: like the most can't miss prospect we've had since at least Trevor Lawrence, maybe going back earlier than that. I kind of like what I've seen out of him at USC more than uh, I like Trevor Lawrence coming out of Clemson as far as just translating what they do to the pro style. I think the dude looks can't miss. I suppose he's got enough juice. He could probably, if he comes out publicly in his camp and just says, like, yo, we're not going to Chicago. Uh, you know, you, Chicago could kind of put a bounty out for that top pick and and get get a serious haul for somebody like him. Um, but dude, if I'm him and I think I got a really good shot to make it, to be a significant success in the NFL, I just think about
1: how much I'm setting my what, what a hole I'm starting in if I go to the Chicago franchise right now. Dude, can you imagine? I I know this is not going to happen because Minnesota is going to win some games, but could you imagine if they just tank the season and we end up getting Caleb Williams with Justin Jefferson, like? And Jordan Addison, who was who was uh, his boy last year at USC, like I don't know, man. I I know it's not all Kirk Cousins' fault, but I just feel like they're at a point of no return where they have to move on from him, though. Yeah,
0: I agree. Kirk's good. He's you know, I would almost say he's kind of like a poor man's Matt Ryan. That he's not the reason that the Vikings haven't been successful, or if he's if he's on the list of reasons, he's way way down there. But he is the kind of quarterback that you feel like. Is probably going to get us just far enough to end up breaking our heart. Yeah. I
1: don't, I mean, they're going to have to make a decision this year either way because Jefferson's contract is due this year, which, unless he just tells them flat out he's not re signing, I mean, you got to break the bank for him. And I just don't think you can bring back Cousins if you're breaking the bank for a receiver. Like you're, you have to start over with a, a rookie quarterback with a low salary. You can't be paying Kirk Cousins $50 million to do what he does. I just, I don't know, man. They're they're in a weird spot now.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, I wonder where Kirk's at too. Like he's probably thinking, like, let me cash out again because I think there is probably another big contract out there for him. Um, but dude doesn't need any money. He's made a ton of money in his career, so maybe he can just. It'd be cool if he came back on a little bit lower deal because I do think that Vikings team could compete. I, I like Kirk Cousins, um, but yeah, it's imagining Caleb Caleb Williams going to that team was pretty damn sick.
1: Yeah, and. This this draft class is good. I, I realize you don't watch nearly as much college football as I do, but Sam Howell from uh, North Carolina is good. Like this is definitely going to be a good quarterback. You mean Drake May? Oh yeah,
0: Drake. Sam Howell is currently Sorry. starting quarterback for the Commanders. Yeah.
1: No, I know. I'm, so who's not watching the college football here, Bud? I've been watching this season, dude. I've been I've been locked in, dude. Yeah, it's it's going to be a really good top ten this year. Um, so yeah, I'm really interested to see where all those guys go but well you got shooter Sanders who's already probably locked into the number one pick, right? Well, uh, Deion already said he's not allowing him to go pro <laughs> cause he will not have his son be second to Caleb Williams, which
0: I, I don't think he'd be. I mean, I like what Shadur's done as a college QB. I don't really see it, dude. I see him being, I see him as maybe like a second round draft pick or maybe late first round. To me, the arm strength's not there. Dude does play with a ton of poise, ton of poise, right? seems super mature and in control back there. Um, but I, 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 he seems like a college quarterback to me, man. I don't see the 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 velocity on the throws, right? i see him, he makes some nice, accurate throws to to wide open receivers, right? I don't, uh, I just, I don't know. I'm a little bit skeptical on how highly I think he may do okay in the NFL, but I don't think he's going to be like a super super highly touted prospect. What do What do you think,
1: dude? So. I'm sure we're going to get a ton of feedback on this. Cause apparently if you say anything negative about Colorado, you just hate the world or something. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand how we've gotten here. You can say negative things about every team and still not hate someone. Yeah. I think Shador is a really good player. I do. He holds the ball incredibly too long, even when his line does hold up and dude, there's a lot of times where you can tell he's not making the progressions. Like you said, unless the guy's wide open I just don't think he knows exactly how to progress through um, his reads yet. I'm not saying that he's not going to learn that. And maybe he'll learn not to hold the ball so long. But I'm with you, dude. I just don't see it being like an NFL, like all all elite caliber player. I just, I don't see it yet. Yeah.
0: I see him maybe in like the, like I said, man, like the, like the Tyrod Taylor, like, Derek Carr type mold man like a late later first round or second round pick who you know with the right team around him can be successful but I hear people hyping him up that you know he'd be a top 10 pick and I just think once the NFL scouts are they get in there and break down that film and look at some of the the physical attributes that it's I don't think it's going to be there for him like that I see him being a little bit later on down the road and you know if he gets in the right situation he could be successful yeah I agree
1: um yeah that's that's really it for the headlines for this week I mean. Unless you really want to, unless you're dying to get into some Taylor Swift Kansas City Chiefs talk.
0: <laughs> Dude, that was just insane, man. How the, you see the world's colliding, you know, these two super passionate fan bases between the football fans and the Taylor Swift fans coming together. And I, I enjoyed it. I'm still, you know, me and Jordan going back and forth. He thinks it's the legit romance. You know, he's ever the optimist. I'm the pessimist. I, I'm calling it just a, you know, a PR stunt. Um, We'll see how it shakes out, but it was, if nothing else, it was worth it for all the hilarious memes and jokes and stuff that Twitter was producing yesterday afternoon.
1: Did you hear Bill Belichick today about what he said about it? <laughs> yeah, he
0: said, uh, he said this is the best catch Travis Kelsey's ever had. Travis
1: Kelsey's made some incredible catches. This is the best one ever. <laughs> it's a hell of a pull, man. It I mean, dude,
0: she's legit the most famous, probably the most famous woman in the world right now. And he had her in the in the luxury box sitting next to his mom with a freaking chief's jacket on like that's pretty freaking epic
1: yeah it was uh it was definitely interesting to see i'll say that
0: that's it man all right let's get into uni watch We had to hear from Weezy once before we cut it off. Uh, pretty light week for the uniform news. A uh, couple things. So kicked it off Thursday night. The 49ers were rocking their throwback mid-90s uniform. So the big difference on these from their normal uniforms, they ditch the gold pants for white pants, and then the numbers got that big, thick, like, black shadow on there. Uh, I always like to look at these, man. I love that, that 94, 95 Niners, Deion Sanders, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Ricky Waters. So I appreciate when they break these out, even though – their regular uniforms are some of the most timeless in the league.
1: Yeah. These are clean. There's not really much to add to what you said. They're just a really clean look.
0: What did you think of the saints rolling with their alternate, all white uniforms uh, yesterday in Lambeau?
1: Dude it's wild to me how we went from like everybody used to do the all black combo to now everybody's (laughs) all on the all white combo. (laughs) Like, don't you remember? That was like less than 10 years ago. Everybody had a black That was like the
0: mid-2000s. Yeah, the Niners rolled out black uniforms. The Lions were kind of one of the first to do it. And yeah, like if you want to go back, I think Duke really started the trend. The, the Duke Blue Devils rolled out some some all-black alternates, and then that just kind of gave the green light. It, it, teams that never had black as part of the uniforms at all started rolling out the black uniforms. It was so goofy.
1: Yeah, it was wild. But, uh, I mean, they look the white is cool on some teams. I, I'm not a huge Didn't fan. Didn't look like the
0: Saints, no. man. Did not look like the Saints at all. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. And last but not least, probably the most interesting look of the week, the all-white Cincinnati Bengals, man. I, in theory, this sounds like a cool uniform, but all I can
1: see when they're on the field is they're the zebras, man. Dude, I actually like this. I think the white Bengal is cool. That's what they call it. I don't see a white
0: tiger, dude. I know that's what they call it. I see a zebra, man. When I look at that helmet, I see a zebra helmet.
1: I mean, I I definitely see what you're saying. I just... I don't know. This is one of the uniforms that I think doesn't absolutely look horrible in all white with the all white helmet, but I now I'm not going to be able to unsee the zebra thing, so thanks for that. <laughs> it is a uh, it is
0: a cool looking uniform. I think the Bengals don't get enough credit for how cool the tiger stripe helmet is. They just they've had it for so long and it's been so, you know, unchanged for basically our entire lives that we just take it for granted, but as a concept, that is one of the like coolest uh coolest helmets out there. Um and yeah, I just think you know it's tried and true. The Bengals always look pretty tough with the black and orange. Uh, not a huge fan of the all white though. Did you have any other stray uniform notes?
1: That was it, man. This is this was a really light week for anybody wearing anything alternate.
0: Are they so next week will be in October. Are they still doing the pink breast cancer awareness stuff? It definitely feels like they've toned that down over the last couple of years. Is that still a thing?
1: Dude, that's crazy you mentioned it cuz today I got the email for the salute to service stuff but nothing about breast cancer awareness. So yeah, that's Yeah, yeah that's I know odd. it came
0: out over the over the last like few years there's kind of been like an awakening that the the Susan G. Komen Research Institute River was kind of just bullshit. It was basically like just a for-profit enterprise with very little money actually making it to, to breast cancer research. And they were kind of the ones pushing the pink stuff. So maybe that's why it's kind of quietly faded away. I remember for a while, <laughs> dude, it was like fucking looked like a pink fucking bomb exploded on the field. There was so much pink gear everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it definitely has changed in the last couple of years. They went Maybe I'm just misremembering this, but didn't they go with like more like all the causes and more like yeah, rainbowish? Was,
0: yeah, they could. Yeah, you could rock whatever like crazy stuff you wanted for for one or two weeks there for a while. Yeah, yeah, they're they're actually doing. They gave Brett's fly football team. They all got handed out green, pink socks to wear uh, for their next game this week to kind of do their own little thing. So I was just you know, whatever. The kids are excited about it, so it'll be cool. It's all that matters as long as they're excited. Yeah. All right. Let's get into this week's picks. Yeah. 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 Bridge over trouble water, ice in my muddy water. All right, Jordan, tell us how we did head to head on last week's picks.
1: All right. So, uh, oh, was that an interception? It looks wow! Better. So we are both 10 and 5 rolling into this game. I have Cincinnati and you have the Rams. So, oh boy, coming down to the last game.
0: Oh, we just had a huge play right there. The Bengals were driving to kind of put it away. We're, we're at 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter as we're recording this for those that uh, want to kind of put themselves in our headspace. Um, and the Rams just got a huge interception to get the ball back. So, yeah, the Bengals lose this one. That's going to be 0-3. That's going to be a tough hill to climb. Yeah, they have to win this game. All right, Did so what's, what's your read right now if you want to make a live pick? Are you saying the Bengals win?
1: Oh, my gosh, dude, that's an incredible play. That was insane. Uh, yeah, I still think the Bengals are going to win. Dude, the Rams have had the ball inside the Bengals 20, like, five times and have nine points. I just – I do think – Good year for the Bengals so far. They got screwed on that first touchdown. The Rams definitely scored a touchdown on the first drive, and they called – uh, they call it a touchdown on the field, and then they reviewed it, and I, they were showing the angles, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's still in. Then they called him out for no apparent reason. I don't, that was a weird one. Um, All right.
0: Yeah. So it's coming down to this for who wins. Right now we are tied one week apiece on the season. We are. All right. First up, Thursday night football, we got a classic NFC North matchup, the Detroit Lions, 2-1 and Lions traveling to Green Bay to face the 2-1 Packers.
1: Short week. and dude, the, the Lions just absolutely dominated, though, yesterday. It didn't even really seem like they put much effort into it. And on the flip side of it, Green Bay had to put all the effort into it to come back. Still banged up. I'm going to go Lions.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. Green Bay is not what they once were, but they're still the boogeyman up in the NFC North. I think they're the team that... Everybody else gets up for right, like it's always they're almost like the like the Patriots of the NFC. Like it's it's always a big deal when you're playing the the Packers. The, the Lions came and ruined their playoff shot last week or last last game of the season last year Sunday Night Football, and I think they keep it rolling. I think they're going to roll in, fired up. They're going to be motivated to get the three and one and Lions win. All right, then we got a uh, this is a game in London, so it's going to be kicking off at seven thirty Eastern, eight thirty Central on Sunday morning the Falcons, and the Jaguars in London.
1: Man, the Jaguars, I don't even know what they got going on at this point. That team looks clueless. Atlanta looks so bad on Sunday, though. God, dude. The Falcons are usually someone's get-right game, and I had the Falcons going 2-2 through four weeks, so I'm going to take the Jags. Did you see the commercial that they're going to do a Toy Story presentation for the game also? On Disney Plus, yeah. I don't even know how the hell they're going to do that, man. That's got to take some serious technology to do that in a live game. Well, I don't know. Did they say what it's going to be like? or? Yeah, everybody's going to look... That, ki- that commercial they just showed, that's what everybody's going to look like. Seriously? Yeah.
0: I was thinking it was going to be like those games that were on Nick Jr. the last couple of years where there's just a ton of, like, you know... Really fun presentation elements and stuff.
1: No, what I had heard today is the players are going to be like in Toy Story character form.
0: Dude, that's going to be sick, man.
1: Yeah, dude. But you know how much technology that takes to get that right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to pull that off. I mean, it is Disney. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm reading it right here. Pixar and the NFL have merged to bring fans a whole new kind of fantasy football. I'm definitely checking that out, dude. Have you watched any of the Nick Jr. presentations oh, it's uh, the fe- last couple of years? Dude, it's it.
1: phenomenal. Everybody rips on it. It's I- I wish phenomenal. The- <laughs> yeah,
0: I loved it, dude. It's so much fun. It's wild card weekend. Like, I've looked forward to it the last two years, man. It's such a good little treat. And, dude, it works, man. My son, Brett, that was the first... that I want to say it was the Cowboys 49ers game from the season before last year. That was the first game that... He sat down and like watched the whole football game with me. He was captivated, and you know they did the little lessons for the kids. Like if you're trying to introduce one of your little ones to football, perfect way. And it was entertaining for me too, man. I loved it. I thought it was a ton of fun. I'm always in favor of you know NFL experimenting and mixing it up with with the way they bring us these games. So yeah, that'll be cool to check out. See if they can pull this off on Sunday. I mean, dude, Disney's a freaking machine, so I feel like they're gonna pull it off. But I'm super skeptical hearing that. I thought I thought that was just for the commercial, dude. Just to kind of get us, you know. No. In in the mood for it, so that would be that would be wild if they can make it happen. Um, did did you make your pick? Sorry, I man, I, I got I so said, overwhelmed.
1: I said the Falcons were everybody's get right game, so I'm going with the Jags. Yeah, I I agree, man. I feel like I do think the Falcons are a
0: lot better than they showed on on Sunday, but uh, I'm kind of with you, man. Jaguars are in need of a win, and I think they the stuff that they can do well when they're at their best lines up well with some of the weaknesses of Atlanta. I think Jags win. All right, after that we have. Kicking off the regular early window. This is a big one, man. Huge game. The 3 0 Miami Dolphins rolling into Buffalo to face the Bills.
1: Dude, I didn't realize that was this weekend.
0: I know, man. I can't believe that's at 12
1: o'clock, dude. That should be a freaking,
0: that should at least be in the 3 o'clock window, if not a night game. Damn,
1: dude. I seriously had no idea that was this weekend until just now. That Um, is a heavyweight fight, dude. It's in Buffalo. I think.
0: I think Buffalo's going to win, man. I think Buffalo's going to win. There's no, there, You have nowhere to go but down after a 70-point performance like that. I think the Bills are going to be sick of hearing the Dolphins hype all week, man. And, yeah, I think this is where the Bills kind of get back at the front of the line of Super Bowl contenders by by putting it on the Dolphins and handing them their first loss.
1: Oh, my God, dude. This is such a tough game to pick.
0: It's gonna be. I mean, it could go either way. I'm like, I'm like fifty one percent Buffalo, forty nine percent Miami on that. I just, I think the Bills get it done. I can't have them as my Super Bowl pick and not think that they can be. They can't beat Miami
1: at home in Week Four. Yeah, I'm gonna go Bills as well. I just, dude, I just, I, I think that, like you just said, there's no way the Dolphins can play another game like they just played and. Dude, the Bills are getting – they played well this week. Yeah, I'm going Bills. I don't need to talk myself through it anymore.
0: Vegas has Buffalo as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, so that's pretty strong considering what we saw from Miami on Sunday. It is. All right. The Toilet Bowl of this week, man. It's going to be tough to be this one for the Toilet Bowl for the whole season. The Denver Broncos traveling to Chicago to face the Bears. I, I say Broncos win pretty handily.
1: It's in Chicago in Chicago. Uh God. I can't pick the Bears, dude. They are just an absolute dumpster fire of a franchise right now. Like I uh, like you just said a little while ago. I cannot see them winning a game at this point the way they're playing football right now and no. Uh, yeah, I'll go Broncos as well.
0: I feel like the only hope they have is that they get a crazy weather game where it's just one of those you know, throw the results out the window. It's just a wild and wacky game with a bunch of fluky stuff, and they sneak one out. No, the, the best uh, thing the, the Bears Broncos can are. hope
1: for right now is somebody comes in with a tra- crazy trade offer for Justin Fields still thinking he's got something. Like, that's the best the Bears can hope for right now. And if anybody offers them even a second-round pick, they should jump on it immediately.
0: Yeah, agreed. He may have a future in the NFL, but sad to say, I'm starting to starting to close the book on him as a as a starting QB.
1: Well, it, definitely in Chicago because that that team is not at all prepared to figure out what it, he does best. Clearly. All right, another interesting
0: one. Deshaun Watson kind of got right on Sunday against the uh, the lowly Titans. We got the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Cleveland to face the Browns. Both teams two and one.
1: Dude. I do not trust the Ravens at all. Browns defense is absolutely incredible. They've only allowed like 524 yards through three games. they I just think this is gonna be a defensive battle and the Browns win. The the I don't know what is going on with the Ravens offense, but they are miserable on offense right now.
0: Told you, Dave, They tried to switch it up, man. We talked about this after week one. Everybody gave Greg Roman a hard time thinking that he was holding them back. I think he was running the offense that he knew his players and specifically his quarterback could best execute, man. Sometimes that's how it is. Sometimes, you know, those more explosive schemes involve a lot more higher degree of difficulty. And sometimes you don't got the players to execute it. Yeah, I mean,
1: you were definitely on to something there. I just, I don't know, man. It's really starting to get to a point where, I mean, I know they had to pay Lamar, but dude, I mean, if you're not going to work around his talent, then what What are you doing? Like, dude, throwing Agreed, the ball. man. I, I just don't get it. Like, this is the same thing I said about Justin Fields. The dude can run. You know that. He cannot read a defense, and he cannot throw the ball. It's clear. Like, dude, I don't know how much more proof you need to see before you realize what the dude is. Play to their strengths. Like, why are you trying to play to what's not their strength? Lamar Jackson is not a passing quarterback. Everyone in the league knows that, and yet teams give him these running windows, and the coaches are telling him, "Nope, just throw the ball. Don't don't try to take off and run." It's like, dude, you're taking away it, everything this dude is.
0: It was the same thing, you know. Obviously, our the most the closest experience that we have was back in Michael Vick's Falcons days. Man, it was always the coaches, "Hey, we're going to make him into a solid pocket passer," and it's like, why? If I'm a defensive coordinator, I love somebody like Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson just dropping back and staying in the pocket and throwing the football. I love that, dude. Give me that all day over him, you know, doing some play action, bootlegs and having a run pass option on the edge. Like keep him in the pocket. That's where he's the least dangerous. I don't get it at all. I understand from the aspect of protecting him and prolonging his career But dude, it's the NFL, man. The Ravens got a team that could realistically compete for a Super Bowl this year. You got to cut that dude loose and give yourself the best chance to win week in and week out. And right now, they are just not doing that on offense.
1: Here's my thing, too, and it's going to really start pissing me off more and more the longer this goes on with the Ravens, dude. Lamar Jackson's skill set on the Falcons right now is absolutely what they should have. I mean, (sighs) that'd be a chainsaw out there. That team is literally built for his the, the way he plays offense, like. It's literally built for it. Yeah, run the dude. ball, run play action. There's guys running wide open across the middle. Can you imagine Lamar Jackson running the Falcons offense with Pitts in London, just running wide open on play action? You know why the play action doesn't work in Atlanta right now? Because Desmond Ritter can't throw the ball. That's the problem. Think
0: of what that, think of how nasty that run game would look if the defense, the backside of the defense had to sit at home. Cause they know they got one of the most dynamic runners in the league. that could, you know, fake it and roll out on the backside, dude. Like, yeah, it would just compliment everything that they're doing so well. I do, I do not get it at all. When they, they went out of their way to publicly proclaim they were not pursuing Lamar Jackson this offseason.
1: The dumbest, but they went out of their way to publicly state that they were going after Deshaun Watson the year before. Like, this is like... This is like a PR nightmare 101. Like, let's not go after the guy that has never done anything wrong, has won an MVP, has shown he can do it on this level, but let's go after the absolute pervert and try to pay him $280 million. (laughs) I was all in when when there was talk of Lamar Jackson going to Atlanta. I was all in on that because if Arthur Smith is going to be your coach, that dude knows how to scheme up running, well, I thought he did. Apparently, he doesn't know that either. But I don't know, dude. I just, I was so jacked when there was a possibility that Lamar could go to Atlanta and then he stays in Baltimore and they try to revamp the offense. I'm just, what the, f- dude, just run the offense the way it's designed to be run. Like, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. I was wanting the Titans to go after him, man.
0: Like, say what you want about him as a as a passer as a starting QB. Nine times out of ten, when Lamar Jackson steps on the football field, he's the best player out there, man. He's the best pure football player on the field. Um, and yeah, the Ravens, for whatever reason, are going away from some of his strengths. So I kinda I'm with you, man. I think Browns win this one. Could end up being an ugly, like kind of classic AFC North battle. But yeah, I think the Browns get the dub and move on to three and one in spite of the pervert.
1: Come on out, you pervert. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't the quote. (laughs) It wasn't, but I'm not saying the other one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got the two and one. It's been a very, very ugly two and one Pittsburgh Steelers going down to face the one and two Houston Texans. Call me crazy, man. I think the Texans get the dub.
1: I think the Steelers found a little bit offensively last night at the end of that game. They definitely looked like they knew how to put together some offensive drives at the end of that game. Now, granted, it was against the Raiders, who are absolutely miserable defensively, so I don't know how much stock I'm putting into that. Dude, it is absolutely insane that we're both about to pick the Texans over a storied franchise like the Steelers, but I don't know, man. The way this season's going, it's not that crazy, so I'm with you. I'm taking the Texans.
0: I think the buzz is going to be there. I think that stadium is going to be rocking, right? I think people are going to, the fans are going to be up for this game, and those Houston, the Texans fans, dude, they got, they're dying for just something to, you know, something to attach some hope to and get excited about. And I, I think they bring it on Sunday and get a big win. You know, kind of like we talked about with the Packers earlier, the Steelers are another one of those teams that, regardless of how they're doing in any particular season, you're always feeling good about yourself if if they come to your town and, and you end up leaving
1: with the win. Yeah, no doubt.
0: All right, we got another desperation bowl. This is this is probably a loser leaves town match for the season. O and three Minnesota Vikings traveling to Charlotte to face the O and three Panthers. Now, do we know
1: is uh, is Bryce back back this week or do they stick with Andy Dalton? Well, if Bryce Young plays, Minnesota's definitely winning because uh their offense does not look even halfway decent under him. And say what you want about Andy Dalton, but he ran that They were offense. moving the ball. Yeah. The red
0: rifle looked – he looked solid yesterday. I agree, man. For long term, obviously, you want to have Bryce Young in there. But short term, Andy Dalton definitely gives him a, a better chance to win. He looked pretty tough out there, man. If I'm the Jets, dude, I'm th- I'm thinking hard about calling up Carolina and being like, dude, we'll give you all a third-round draft pick. Send Andy Dalton up here because I think he could be just fine in that Jets offense.
1: Yeah. Uh I'm going Minnesota either way. I do not love what I've seen out of Carolina so far this season. Um, their defense looked awful yesterday, and I thought that was going to be like their saving point yesterday. They looked so bad that entire game. Seattle just moved the ball at will in that game, so I'm going to go Vikings. Just pop the top on a bush light,
0: man. Did you you drink another pumpkin ale? I heard you pop something a little earlier. Nope, bushlight. light. Nice, dude. Cheers. All right. Another interesting game. Hold we don't on. know exactly. You didn't pick yet. No. Oh, did I not? I, I agree, man. Vikings win this regardless of who's at quarterback. I think they've they've been close. They've been a little bit snake bit so far this year, which is makes sense considering how good they were in one score games last season. But, yeah, I think they get the win. Okay. Oh, Stafford gets. Oh, I don't know. Who's this penalty going to be on? It looks it, like probably it's holding Hulling on the, it's on the def- Rams. The yeah. left tackle held Hendrickson
1: and still got beat.
0: The Rams are on life support right now and getting close to pull the plug time um, against the Bengals as we're, we're going down our picks here. All right. We got the one on one Rams looking like they're going to be the one and two Rams traveling to Indy to face the Colts. Now, what have, I, I have been between work and then I went straight to uh, flag football practice with the kids this afternoon um i've been away from the news do we think anthony richardson's coming back this week
1: i highly doubt he misses two games for a concussion i know that they're extra careful with quarterbacks but even if they don't dude gardner Minshew is perfectly fine as their starting quarterback i like Minshew. i never understood everybody that wrote him off um he
0: tore it up for the jaguars that one year he got run with the jags he did real good man i don't know if he's I know he's very interesting on social media. I don't know if he's like a pain in the butt dealing with in uh, in the locker rooms. But yeah, he's been totally a totally serviceable NFL quarterback everywhere he's been.
1: Yeah, I'm going indie either way. I just I think they're a better team overall. I mean, the Rams are fine. It's just. I don't know, dude, until they get cut back and they can actually fully run their offense. I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Rams winning a whole lot of games. It, did not, it does
0: not seem like uh, Kona Cup has done much tonight. Am, am I right on that? No, they, the Bengals definitely took him away. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Colts win, man. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see the Rams go in there and get the win, but I'll I'll lay my my money down with the Colts. All right, the two and one Bucks traveling to New Orleans to face the two and one Saints.
1: Well, it sounds like it's going to be Jameis Winston, which is never good news if you're a fan of that team. <laughs> um, I think the
0: Bucs win, dude. I, I kind of, you know, they, they definitely got brought back down to earth a little bit tonight against the Eagles. But you know, the Eagles are a tough team in the trenches, man. The Eagles' O line and defensive line is just fucking ridiculous. It's almost unfair. They're the
1: best in football on both sides of the ball on the line. Yeah, it, it's un. Unre- well, that's because a bunch of dumbass teams just let the best defensive linemen yeah. fall to them every year.
0: Yeah, they pretty much become uh, like, you know, Georgia has basically become like the finishing school for, for the Eagles, man. Um, yeah, I Jalen Hurts has not been great this year either. Quietly, Jalen Hurts has not had a great year so far uh, or not. You know, he's been decent, but he has not played up to like his full potential. He's not at the MP, MVP level he was at last season. And they're still wrecking people, man. Um, but the, like I said, you know, the Bucks held strong against them tonight they at least you know had a little glimmer of hope there at the end i think they win man i think the saints are the biggest phonies in the league right now at that two and one record i I think the saints could probably be zero and three um and yeah i think the bucks going to new orleans and get the win
1: i mean after watching how bad the titans offense was against cleveland yesterday and realizing that they could have easily beat new orleans week one it definitely made me think way less of new orleans now and like i said Dude, having Winston starting over Derek Carr, he's that, a wild card, dude. I mean, dude, he could go for five hundred yards. He could also throw seven interceptions, four of them. I think being- he'll
0: do both, man. If I'm, I'm thinking, Winston, I, if I'm putting the line right now, I think Winston goes for like 365 yards one touchdown three interceptions that's that's my prediction for Jalen winston's or Jameis winston's uh stat line this week
1: yeah i'm, I'm going bucks as well mainly because you know how i am dude i i hate taking the saints so anytime i can avoid it i agreed
0: do. yeah when in doubt bet against the saints all right the Commanders going against the eagles oh, i God. think we eagles. can we can move Just on them. yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's a whole lot to this yeah commander's uh, hopefully, you know I, I got. I told you before I got a lot of friends that are that are Commanders slash Redskins fans. I so I, I always kind of like to see them have some success. I hope they have a good showing. I, I hope they're a little bit closer to the team we saw in Week One and Week Two than that team that got trounced by the Bills. So hopefully they give the Eagles hell. I'm sure they will. That's a good division, you know, a classic NF, NFC East rivalry. Um, but I don't think the Eagles have any problems at all going to four
1: zero. I'm not going to lie to you. Everything that you said about the Eagles and Jalen Hurts struggling it's kind of why i think they they might end up being better than last year cuz even with him struggling they're still 3 and 0 already and last year the 3 and 0 they were was completely different cuz they just blew everybody out to start the season so and you know he's going to figure it out. Oh, yeah. He's
0: such a good player, so mentally tough. He's going to get it going to get it figured out.
1: Dude, they have enough weapons on offense. With when you have Goddard, you have Devontae Smith, you have AJ Brown, DeAndre Swift until he gets hurt, and that offensive line, like they're gonna figure it out eventually. And when they do, it's gonna. You gotta remember too, they lost both coordinators, so anything the first couple weeks of the season with them, you just never know what you're gonna get. Because I mean, you are working in two brand new coordinators. I'm not saying they changed the offense, but the wording of it could still be a little different.
0: Yeah, so both heavy on the Eagles for us. Yeah. We got the the looks like they're going to be the one and two Bengals traveling to Nashville to face the one and two Titans. I hate to say it, man. I think the Bengals continue to kind of dig out of their early season hole and they get to two and two. Titans just that, that offensive performance they had on Sunday was the worst that they've had since 1971 as a team as far as total yards gained on offense. Just there's not a ton of talent there to begin with. And Tannehill, again, tough dude. We're We're fans of him, but. He's just completely washed up, and the Titans are basically playing with an arm tied behind their back, rolling him out a starting quarterback. I think the Bengals win. Titans play tough, but just can't quite hang with them, and the Bengals get the 2-2. Two and two.
1: How long – I agree with you, the Bengals are going to win, but how long can they continue to roll Tannehill out there? You have two young quarterbacks sitting behind him. Dude, if you're going to be this bad, at least see what you got in the cupboard because you need to know. I mean, if neither one so, of those guys are going to be the guy – At least you need to know that.
0: So word out in Nashville, this is, you know, local media has always kind of got a little bit more of a scoop than like you ever hear bubble up on national media. Malik Willis apparently was basically all on the GM, you know, that GM, that's the same guy that traded off AJ Brown. Malik Willis was kind of his project Vrabel was never bought in on him. And obviously Malik Willis didn't look great last season. And Will Levis got hurt towards the end of training camp. I think Will Levis, out of Kentucky, the, the second round pick for the Titans this year, I think he's still just trying to get back to 100% health, man. I think I think maybe they wait till they get closer to the end of the season, maybe like week 10, week 11, and then roll him out there to get some developmental time. I don't think they want to just toss him out there to get fed to the Wolves early season. Um, so I think we'll see Will Levis, but probably later rather than sooner. Interesting. Who's your pick? No, oh, I already said I picked the Bengals. Okay. My bad. You don't need to get all hot about hey, it. There, hey,
1: hoss. just calm it down for a second. Okay. It's going to be okay.
0: <laughs> all right. We got the Vegas Raiders traveling to LA to face the Chargers. I think Chargers roll against my better judgment. I think Brandon Staley gets another win and stays off the hot, cools down the, the hot seat one more week.
1: Well, apparently uh, the Raiders let Garoppolo finish the game last night with a concussion, so that's pretty solid coaching on their part. So, yeah, Vegas with Garoppolo doesn't look great without him. I can only imagine it's going to look ten times worse.
0: The L.A. Chargers are already a a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Sounds about right. All right, back in the uh, Romo Brady days, this would have been an automatic primetime game. But now it's going to be three o'clock on Sunday. Mac Jones facing Dak Prescott, Patriots and Cowboys in Dallas. I think Cowboys get right. I got you. Got to imagine Mike McCarthy as much as he sucks as a head coach. In my opinion, I think he gets in that team's ass after they let Arizona push
1: him around, and uh, and Cowboys get back on track. Yeah, dude. There's just I just see no way Dallas loses two straight games. I mean. That was pathetic yesterday. They
0: That game Ari- wasn't nearly as close as the score show, dude. dude. Arizona kicked their ass, man.
1: Arizona literally from snap one decided they were running the ball right at them, and they literally just ran it down their throats that entire game. They have like 250 oh, yeah, yards man. rushing, like – it was impressive, I'll admit. It was Josh very Dobbs impressive. Josh Dobbs
0: making some plays running around, dude. Tennessee Volunteer, like that. That was that was fun to see, man, because I've never, that for whatever reason, Cowboys fan base is like second to the Saints fan base for most annoying in the league for me. Um, so, yeah, I did not mind watching that at all. Yeah, agreed. But we're both picking the Cowboys? We are indeed. All right. And the mighty Cardinals we just talked about traveling to San Francisco. Oh, I think San Francisco crushes
1: yeah we can move on
0: fourteen point favorites, dude is what Vegas has San Francisco installed at in this one man dude, fourteen point San
1: Francisco is just so good like they're a machine dude they are a machine yeah yeah San Francisco hundred percent
0: all right. Chiefs and Jets in New York. This is the Sunday night game. Obviously, the, you know, NFL execs scheduling folks. They thought we were going to get Mahomes and uh, and Aaron Rodgers with a fresh coat of paint. Instead, we're getting Zach Wilson rolling out there who... Zach, dude. I, I you know, last season on the the long balls with the Turnbuckle Tavern crew and into this year, I have always defended you, man, and said that this dude's a good QB. He just needs the right coaching and people to have a little bit of patience. Ugh. Horrible take by me. I'll just say it, man. I got that one wrong. Um, I I think the the Chiefs get in there and kick their ass.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a massacre of a game. I just... I cannot believe that they've already committed to him continuing as a starter. I mean... Dude, he's just... Again, another man that draft class for quarterbacks outside of Trevor Lawrence is going to go down as one of the worst ever, dude. Like Trey Lance, probably never going to get a chance to play. Uh, Zach Wilson is absolutely miserable. Justin Fields looks like not a quarterback at all. Mac Jones, been eh. And then Trevor Lawrence obviously is good. I, but. I still don't understand what happened with Zach Wilson, though, dude. If you, Dude, if you watch
0: like his highlight reel from BYU, he was sick, man. Like, dude, he's busting, he's busting off like crazy runs, all kinds of awesome, like off-platform throws. I just don't know what happened, man. I don't know how none of that translated to the NFL.
1: Dude, he could throw a football like 60 yards on the run. And it's like he got to the NFL and he can only throw the ball 20 yards on the run. I just, I don't know, man. Some dudes just get to the NFL and it's just too big of a moment for him. I just, I don't know. I, I agree with you, dude. Coming out of college, I thought he was going to be a star and he was awesome in college, man. And you've not. seen
0: glimpses of it here and there. Like he, you could stitch together a pretty good highlight reel of throws and runs. he's made in the NFL, but play to play is just horrible, man. Like I wonder if, Either maybe, you know, maybe it's like the mental part of it. Maybe something's going on and he's just not able to process some of the coverages and stuff that he's
1: seeing in the NFL because it's horrible, dude. Yeah, he's not good. But yeah, Kansas City's going to steamroll them. If they don't, Kansas City should be embarrassed because outside of the Jets' defense, they have nothing else right now.
0: All right. And last game of the week, we only got one Monday night football game next week, Seattle. See, yeah, I kind of started to dig the two Monday night games, too, man. It's just I'm always in favor of more football. Um, But we got uh, the Seahawks traveling to New York to face the Giants. Dude, this is a kind of a sneaky, tough game, man. I'm going to let you go first on this one because I really can't make up my mind who I like in this one. I'm
1: going Seahawks. It sounds like Barkley is not playing this week or next week from what I read today. So without Saquon, I just dude, that team just. Without him, it's really hard for them to run that offense. I mean, Matt Breida obviously is uh, about an eighth of the talent of Saquon Barkley. And Seattle quietly, after that week one stinker, they the last two weeks they've played really good football. I mean, they beat Detroit last week and then they beat uh, Carolina this week and put up quite a bit of points doing it. So, yeah, I'm going to go Seahawks.
0: All right, and that's a wrap for picks this nope, week. It's Let's not. get you didn't pick.
1: Oh, I thought I uh, no. My you bad. said I'm going to let you pick first because I'm torn. Okay, <laughs>
0: sorry, <dude. laughs> I'll go Seahawks, man. I was going to wait and just make my pick. Like I was going to wait till we get on the air next week and see what the score was when we start recording. And <laughs> all right, it's halftime. Pick,
1: Seattle's up thirty. I guess I'll take the Seahawks.
0: Nah, I'll go. I'll go Seattle too. You convinced me, man. So I'll go Seahawks. All right, all right. Let's get to million dollar bets. Uh huh,
1: yeah. Uh, uh-huh,
0: uh huh, yeah.
1: It's all, about
0: the baby. all right, Jordan, tell us how we did last week on our bets.
1: All right, so last week was a, a mixed bag. I had San Francisco minus ten and a half, which obviously hit, and then I had Dallas minus twelve, which obviously did not. Seth had Kansas City minus thirteen, which hit, and Seth also had the Bucks plus five and a half, which clearly did not hit. So. Even week for both of us, so both of us are still down 50,000 on the season. All right, what's your picks for this week? This week's kind of tough, man. These point spreads are bothering me a little bit. Um, But I'm going to go Seahawks on Monday Night Football uh, plus one and a half. I'll take the one and a half points. And then I am also – I'm going to take two dogs this week, man. I'm going to take the Texans plus three.
0: Yeah, I like that. I probably would have done that, but I don't want to do the same belt bets as you. That'll be boring. I'm gonna take the I'll take the Vikings to cover their their uh they're favored by three and a half, going into Carolina. And then screw it. For old time's sake, maybe something happens on that. maybe they watch Rudy on the flight over to the UK and get all fired up. I'll say the Falcons will cover that three point spread against the Jags.
1: Ooh. Bold <laughs> So Vikings, what were the Vikings minus, sorry.
0: The Vikings are minus uh, three and a half. And I got the Falcons plus three.
1: All right, I got it.
0: All right, you ready to get into some
1: listener mail? Uh Oh, we got a game, buddy. Uh, We got to see. if The Rams only got one timeout left, right? Oh, yeah, they got to get an onside kick, which is basically impossible now.
0: Think about how much more exciting it would be if we knew the Rams were just lining up for a fourth and fifteen and just had to try – Sean McBay was cooking up uh, one play to gain 15 yards to keep the
1: ball. Would be way more exciting. All right, let's do listener yeah. mail.
0: Okay, let's get it started. So first up we got – I have not seen these either, so we are going straight up no huddle offense on this. There is no prep on these questions. John Swallow, J-Bone, our fellow Pod Foundation member, definitely check out his podcast coming down the aisle for some awesome wrestle talk, says – how do you guys feel about defensive holding and it being an automatic first down? Should that be changed to just the penalty yards?
1: Yes, I absolutely hate that call. Me and Ari were actually talking about this the other day. She's like, "Why is that an automatic first down?" She's like, "If it's third and twenty-five and you get a five-yard penalty, that's the stupidest thing ever." I one hundred percent agree. That is the stupidest thing ever. It, it should not. That should not be an automatic first down for holding because pa- they they definitely decipher between pass interference and holding. That there's definitely a difference between the two, so yeah, I, I hate that that's an automatic first down.
0: That's like that for every defensive penalty, dude. Every defensive penalty is a uh, aside from offsides or encroachment, man, is an automatic first down. You know, face mask, pass interference, defensive holding, illegal hands to the face. It's all automatic first down. Um, yeah, it's just, dude, it makes it so much tougher for defense, man. Whereas offense, you always get, you don't even get lost a down, dude. You get to redo the play and just take the penalty yards. Um, so, yeah, I agree, man. I'd be in favor of kind of softening up some of the penalties on the defense. I've, I, you know, Defensive holdings, whatever, I've always wondered about uh, a better way to do pass interference, man. That's the one that I think is a bigger problem than defensive holding because, you know, in the college, the max is 15 yards, right? It's only a 15-yard penalty no matter what, whereas in uh, NFL, it's a spot foul. So you'll see teams just chuck it downfield hoping to get a pass interference call right there. It's the equivalent of just trying to draw a foul in um in basketball. I don't know. You don't want to make it to where it's only a 15-yard penalty because then if a guy's beat for a touchdown, he could always just dive out and trip somebody or something. I think maybe they should do pass interference the way that they used to do the face mask. You remember back in the day, there were two different types of face mask penalties. You had a 5-yard or a 15-yard. I think maybe you do something similar with the uh, pass interference, making it you know between the, either a 10-yard or a spot foul, depending on just how egregious it was because – those pass interference calls can swing a game sometimes.
1: So somebody had said something about this the other day, and I, I don't remember who it was, and I'm still not exactly sure how I feel about it. But they had brought this up, and I honestly kind of think it's a good idea. So they had talked about changing it from a spot foul to if it's anything between 15 to 25 yards, it's just a 15-yard penalty. Anything that's over twenty five yards is just a straight up twenty five yard penalty. It's it can be no more than a quarter of the field. I I don't hate that honestly.
0: I'll be down with that because that's still going to be a significant penalty. But you're not gonna like, you know, some dude chucks it to the end zone from the fifty, and now you get the ball at the one yard line. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of like that. And and defenses, you know, the the thought is always, like I mentioned, you know, maybe the guy just takes pass interference instead of getting smoked for a touchdown, but that's a big enough penalty that I don't think you're going to see guys. Like I think it's going to be very rare when you see a guy intentionally try to draw a pass interference call um, instead of getting beat for a touchdown in that situation. So, yeah, I just, I've always felt like that one's got a little bit too much of a, a impact on the game.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
0: All right. Johnny JV says, do you give a shit about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? So yeah, me and we already discussed a little bit earlier. It's definitely, I think it's fun, man. I, I think it was definitely exciting, added a lot of buzz to uh, otherwise kind of useless Chiefs Bears game yesterday. Um, if anybody's been listening to our wrestling show, The Chick Foley Show, definitely give that a search if you happen to be a football fan discovering us exclusively on the goal line feed. Um, you guys know I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. I think she's just super talented. Always been a big fan of her. So I kind of like seeing her cross, you know, I-, I love it when my interests converge, you know. A lot of times it's it's wrestling mixing in with something else. This time it's uh, it's Taylor Swift mixing in with football. Um, so I am entertained by it, but I still say it's this is just a super duper high profile PR stunt.
1: You can move on. I don't need to talk about Taylor Swift. So let's move it on.
0: <laughs> Johnny JV says, is Dak a legit good quarterback or is he overrated?
1: I don't think he's overrated. I think he's properly rated. He's he's definitely not an elite no. quarterback. He's right in the middle. There, there's nothing wrong. It's just the only the biggest problem with him is, dude, he is liable for the crippling turnover to end the game. And yeah, it, he has a big problem with that. But I, I think he's fine the way he's rated. I mean, he is a middle of the road quarterback. Nobody has ever called him a top ten court, top seven quarterback. He's probably top ten, but. Yeah, nothing fantastic or anything.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he's kind of slightly above average on a really good day. He can be great. Um, but yeah, you're right. He's got the penchant for just. And dude, the, the real frustrating thing about him, if I'm a Cowboys fan, you know, it's not like the Brett Favre deal where he's going to throw a pick because he's trying to fucking thread the needle on like, you know, a third and 20 and he rips off a fucking fireball that just happens to get picked off. It's just some stupid play. It's like, why did you try to throw it there? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's not even something where you can be like, well, at least we went down swinging. You just end up being confused and frustrated.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely weird, but yeah, it's like I said, he's he's properly rated though. I don't think he's definitely not overrated. All
0: right, the lovely Ari Jordan's better half asks, "Are you oh, guys Swifties? I knew What's your favorite good. Taylor Swift song?" Couldn't tell you. Not a Swiftie full of it dude you are so full of it man i am a swifty dude because i can under i know good music and i know that she's along with kanye west is one of the only artists that stuff we're still gonna be listening to like 20 years from now um at all the people out right now i if i had to pick a favorite song there's so many great ones man if i had to pick one uh i'll go one old and one new so my old one would be off her second album love story obviously that was just a smash hit just a really, really great song. And then a newer one, I would go off of Midnight's Bigger Than the Whole Sky. That's just a really, really great song about being super duper in love. So, yeah, I'll, I'll throw you guys out too. Two I, more for y'all, I'd as like LeBron to, would say. I'd
1: like to thank the football listeners for joining us for five weeks. Uh, sorry to see <laughs> you go.
0: Hey, dude, we may have some Swifties showing up this week, man, with all the uh, the Taylor Swift fans showing up to the, uh, the, the football party now. They
1: wouldn't have made it this long.
0: <laughs> Zach Hertzler says, which college football team is completely overrated? Um man, that is tough. I, I would it would have been Colorado before Saturday, but now it feels like you know the Colorado hype's coming back down to earth and they're starting to feel maybe properly rated, or at least maybe just slightly overrated now.
1: Well, they're not rated at all anymore, so um well, I mean
0: I'm not talking about top 25. I just mean just general public perception.
1: I'm going to go Alabama cuz I still don't think they I I just dude I I live enough off name value, dude. Out of all his teams, this one just seems like the one that's going to end the worst. Like I just Yeah. I I I have no faith in them like yeah, they beat Ole Miss, but dude, it,
0: but they, it wasn't a blowout, right? That no. game was that was one that was closer than the score showed. Ole Miss it, you know, a few things go differently. Ole Miss could have won that game.
1: Yeah, because I, I honestly, it, the top 10 right now, I honestly think this is probably one of the better top 10s that college football has had in a long time. I mean, I'm looking through it right now. I think Florida State's probably a little overhyped, overrated. I think they'll lose a yeah, the game. They they've shouldn't. had
0: some... Cl- They've had two straight close calls between Boston College and uh, Clemson.
1: I think they'll lose a game that they shouldn't. But the top ten in college football right now is really strong. I
0: actually think USC's is over it. I don't know how. I don't know how USC isn't getting more play as number one. I think it's maybe just because they're on the West Coast and most of their games are so late, they people looked, just aren't seeing them. Dude. They
1: looked like crap, though, on Saturday night. It was a look at. game. They didn't? did have some
0: trouble with Arizona State. They had some trouble with Arizona State, but for the most part, they seem like they've been rolling, man. I'm really excited to see them play uh, You know the Georgias and Ohio States of the world. I mean, um,
1: here's the issue, though, for them is, like, dude, look at the top four teams right now. Seth is a big, huge proponent of point differential, So, Georgia scored 166 points, allowed 45. Michigan scored 127, allowed 23. Texas scored 140, allowed 50. And Ohio State scored 138 and allowed 34. Now, granted, USC has a higher point differential than all those teams, but they've also allowed the most points. So, they're 220 to 80, but they've played, I don't know, they played the exact same amount of games. I was thinking they played one more because they played in week zero, so i don't know but man they had a
0: week off yeah yeah you know what's gonna fuck uh texas is that quinn ewers cut his mullet dude
1: i don't know what he like, was bro. thinking but they got arch manning waiting in the wings so they'll be fine true
0: but i i liked, you know i like ewers man i think he's got some good moxie but like chips are down it's college football playoff and you got to go 80 yards to beat georgia dude like you're just gonna have a little bit more juice, man. You're gonna be a little bit more fired up. Have a little bit stronger core belief that you're gonna get the job done if you're looking, you know, across the huddle at a dude rocking a solid 80 style mullet, but now he's just got the regular fade like every other white guy in the world.
1: Dude, since we're talking about college football, I wanna talk about somebody who I think is like flying under the radar right now. Have you seen what Michael Penix from Washington is doing through four games yet? Killing it, man. He's putting up crazy, crazy numbers, dude. dude. Like Joe Burrow numbers. I'm going to read this off to you. 600 or 1,636 yards, 16 passing touchdowns against only two picks through four games. Dude, that's like Madden numbers.
0: What's his size, man? Because I don't understand why he's not getting more play as like, you know, high NFL draft pick next season.
1: 6'3", 213.
0: So freaking prototype size, dude. Like, yeah, I don't know. Definitely, very, very low buzz right now, man. Maybe he's good. maybe they're waiting to see him do it a few more weeks. But yeah, I have you're not right. Even not heard much this said this dude's
1: it. name mentioned in Heisman conversation yet.
0: I'm telling you, people forget about the the West Coast. That's like USC. USC has very, very low buzz also for as good as they've been doing, and they got the defending Heisman Trophy winner, man. But I feel like, when, you know, like again, like Jordan mentioned, I've been back into college this season. I feel like I hear almost nothing about USC, and they've been one of the most impressive teams that I've seen.
1: All right, well. uh I guess ignore everything I just said because Caleb Williams and Michael Penix are currently tied for first on Heisman favorites. They're both plus 350. So ignore everything I just said and let's just move on.
0: Well, I mean, Vegas is tracking it, dude, but I, I'm talking like Jen Pop, dude. Like the. The the you know the average like you know football fans I talk to I don't hear USC or Washington coming up at all.
1: Yeah, it, it's sad, man. It really is. Well, the thing that didn't help this year is everybody was all over Colorado the first freaking yeah. month of the season, so that didn't help. All right,
0: Sam Rosenthal. We kind of already answered this one, but he he was wanting to know what the Bears are doing with Justin Fields. I think we kind of kind of dissected the Bear situation enough. Uh Zach, here's a fun
1: one. He says, On average, how many beers do you drink by during watching a football game? I don't know, Zach. That's kind of personal information. How many waters do you drink a day? Like, Jesus, dude. <laughs> like, what are you just trying to out us in front of everybody? Dude, on a husker Saturday. I don't drink as
0: much during wrestling as I do or during football as I do during wrestling. I feel like I drink oh, more during wrestling. I'll probably do. I and like one football game, I'm probably doing if I'm like, sitting at home, watching on TV, I'm probably doing, like, three beers. If I'm live at the stadium, it's probably closer to, like, five, six, maybe seven.
1: Oh, brother. I, uh, <laughs> I got a story to tell you about Saturday. I might as well just air this out on air. So, uh, the place we, we went to, they have 32-ounce beers on special on Saturdays. They're 8 bucks oh, for my the, goodness, for a 32-ouncer. So, I had, we got our bill at the end, and I was like, Damn, Mario, how many did you drink? She said, two. And I was like, so I had 10 32 ounce beers during a three-hour football game. Is what you're telling me? <laughs> so uh, I'm pretty sure that's close to a case. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's uh, yeah, I'm doing public school math. but That's a shitload of beer for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's a that's a normal Saturday for me. So thanks for the question, Zach. Really glad I got to tell everyone I'm an alcoholic on live here. <laughs>
0: Tony Barker says, I'm convinced the Bears will not win a game all year long. Can you give me any hope or should I get fitted for a paper bag? I kind of said it's in Chicago. You know, maybe you get some weird weather game and something happens. I don't got a whole lot of hope for them outside of that. You, Jordan?
1: Uh, no, I have no faith for the Bears. And honestly, it's it's funny because uh, the Falcons play in Chicago on New Year's, and I, I do want to go to that game. But last week I looked at tickets and to sit on the Falcons sideline in the lower bowl, it was like 350 bucks. I looked today. Jeez. Yeah, those tickets have really tanked. It was about 160 today. <laughs> nice,
0: nice. it probably get worse. Falcons could be playing for a playoff spot at that time, too.
1: Yeah, so I, I might end up going to that game. It'll be freezing. But, dude, spending a New Year's in Chicago will be fun, too. So,
0: All right, and last question. Our good friend Alex Eubanks says, How great was it seeing... Ryan Day call out that old fart Lou Holtz to see Ohio State was running around a flag Ohio against the world before the game.
1: Dude, here's my problem. Lou Holtz is 90 years old and has no idea what he's saying half the time. So, I don't know. That that to me is like taking a shot at Corso because Corso also senile. I just, I don't know, man. I, I get it, but like, dude, if, if Lou Holtz is the reason you're getting fired up, I mean... I don't I mean, dude, seriously, does anybody take anything to heart that Lou Holtz says at this point? Like Lou Holtz is 20 years past. It's just entertainment, dude. It's com-
0: it's comedy value, dude. I don't put I wouldn't put any stock in what he says off of you know his analysis. It's just it's for entertainment for nostalgia when they wheel him out there.
1: Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I just I don't put any stock into him or Corso at this point. They're just old and senile, so no. Whatever. <laughs>
0: All right. And our good friends at the Turnbuckle Tavern, another member of the Pod Foundation, they had two questions for us. So sorry, Alex Eubank wasn't the last question. So first off... Uh, Michael Parsons or Nick Bosa? Gun to your head. Who do you want on your team more? I, I, I'm not thinking that much. I'm saying Micah Parsons. Oh, that's not now, good Bosa point. is really, really, really good. He's a badass player. I would not mind seeing him on my team every single week. But Micah Parsons is a straight-up game-changer.
1: I'm not going to lie. I think more of the debate is Michael Parsons or TJ Watt, to be completely honest with you. I think TJ Watt is the second-best defensive player in football right now behind Michael Parsons.
0: <sighs> Bro, it may be Michael Parsons or Patrick Mahomes, dude.
1: No no no, I'm just talking defensive players. Just oh, yeah, yeah. just Defense straight up players, defensive yeah. players. I think it's between those two. TJ Watt is an absolute freak what he is
0: doing. He's a machine, dude. Yeah, he's got he's like, you know, he's got the JJ Watt thing where he's just got a motor that doesn't quit. Like that dude's fucking bringing it all night long every single play, but he's actually more of a dynamic athlete. You know, JJ Watt was absolutely tremendous. One of the best of all time, but he was relying a lot more on just straight up strength, right? Like overpowering them whereas TJ Watt's just kind of like he's got like the speed and the power. Um, it's pretty crazy, man, that both those guys coming from the from the same family.
1: Yeah, JJ Watt still probably had the best three year run ever for a defensive player. I mean, didn't he win defensive player three years in a row? Like Yeah,
0: dude. And the thing about him, he wasn't just a pass rusher, man. Like he impacted the pass rush, the run game. He was famous for just swatting down passes at the line of scrimmage. He had an otherworldly knack for for doing that. Just a hell of a football player. So he
1: won it. 2012 14 and 15 so i guess it was more of a four-year run but the fact that that he's only 34 years old and not playing football anymore pretty insane man it, it sucks too because yeah. injuries just really derailed his career and there's a lot of people that are gonna forget about him, and it sucks because, dude, the image I'll always have in my head. I can't remember who they were playing, but he broke his nose, and there's just blood dripping from his yeah, nose. I remember and that. Just keeps playing through it, just like an absolute animal. I loved watching him play football, man. Dude, if I'm somebody like
0: the Eagles or the uh, you know the Eagles Chiefs. Bills, Dolphins, somebody like that. Niners probably don't need them. Their defense is already so stacked. But, if I'm, yeah, if I'm Eagles, Chiefs, Bills, Dolphins, dude, I'm thinking as I'm polishing off Thanksgiving dinner, you know, starting to put the leftovers away, I'm throwing out a phone call, dude. At least take a shot in the dark. Like, hey, man, why don't you come in and finish out the season with us, dude? We'll, we'll bring you in on third downs or, you know, when we need a big play to give us a spark in the pass rush, dude. I guarantee you, you could still give you 15 solid snaps a game.
1: I hope he ends up a coach somewhere because you can hear when he talks how much knowledge he has about football. Um, He definitely needs to be on the side of coaching. But, dude, he does not strike me as a guy. Like, I'm all for what you just said, but he just doesn't strike me as a guy that did that retirement thing last year, said he was done. He just doesn't strike me a guy that's just going to be like, oh, never mind. I'm coming back now just because. Yeah,
0: he's. He's if you heard him talk, he seemed very at peace with his decision and and he was ready to just go, you know, devote his time with his family. So yeah. hats off to him for a hell of a career, man. It was definitely fun watching that guy play. Yep. All right. And one last question. Whose NFL takes are more annoying? Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith, man. I, I'll i let you go first on this well, one. Considering
1: I don't listen to either one of them because neither one of them affect my day to day at all anymore. I used to get bent out of shape over Skip Bayless. Stephen A. Smith. Outside of his basketball knowledge, Stephen A. Smith, when he talks about football, it just sounds dumb to me. I just, that's why they brought Shannon Sharp in, is because they needed somebody to talk football with him because he cannot hold a conversation about football. The only thing he's got is when the Cowboys lose, he makes fun of them. That's all he's really got. And Skip Bayless is just an absolute tool. Like, <laughs> how can anyone take any. This dude thought Jimmy Clausen and Johnny Manziel were going to be like the second coming of Jesus. So, I mean, seriously, like, like, stop listening to Skip Bayless. He's an absolute moron.
0: Johnny Manziel was a bad mofo in college, dude. We're not going to slander the, the legend of Johnny Football on this show on my watch. But <laughs> I agree. I like Skip Bayless just but for comedic aspects. I love just seeing the the stupid stuff he says, and it's just a little bit more funnier to me. But they're both pretty uh, pretty ridiculous. I agree with you. I don't think anybody should be putting any stock that uh, into anything they have to say on any topic, much less the NFL all right, so that is a wrap for the goal line this week. Uh, a little bit longer show. We actually made it through the uh, the end of the fourth quarter of Monday Night Football this week. But, you know, as the season's getting, getting deeper into it, we got a little bit more to chew on, man. A lot of stuff to talk about. So uh, this was a blast. Thanks again, you guys, for listening to us. Again, we know there's a ton of uh, different podcasts, NFL podcasts you guys be listening to. So we're always honored you choose us.
1: Jordan, hit us with some closing thoughts before we get out of here. One more thing. If you guys ever like have something you guys want us to try, we're willing to try like different segments and stuff that there's something you guys want to hear. or There's somebody you guys want us to talk about. We're more than willing to do it. We are going to have some interviews coming up here in the next couple of weeks. We're still kind of working out the details on some of these. It's, it's hard to line up people and get our schedules lined up. So um, we're doing that. But yeah, I mean, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Um, or I mean, anywhere I like, if, if you know us, just let us know what you want to hear. But as far as clothing, so closing thoughts, uh, another successful week in the NFL. We'll talk to you guys next week. You're on the phone with your girlfriend. She's upset. She's going. About something that you said, cause she doesn't get your humor like.